I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quartz 96 FM and C103. The Arts House. Yeah, this week's work of the week is heavy, and it's metal. And it dates from the 1980s, but it's not heavy metal. So to find out more, I had a chat with assistant curator Michael Waldron, who will explain things a lot better than I do. Michael, it looks like we're looking into something that's a lot more eco-friendly this week. There's a lot of recycling going on. It's called Porthole 2, and it's by an artist called Jim Buckley. This is what happens when you get some scrap metal and you make art out of it. So I'm intrigued as to how we can describe this to anybody listening to us who can't see it. But we'll have a go at that in the meantime. But you've used it as part of the Statio Beni exhibition, which is the maritime history of Cork. I suppose primarily because of its name, Porthole. But this is a, this is a kind of a duck and an egg question I have for you. Did the name of the piece come before the piece was made, or did it get christened after it got built? <laughs> well, that is the, the question. And I think... This one is an easy answer in that I understand that the artist applied the name after the fact. So that the form that it took, its eventual form, suggested the name. Now, you said Porto 2, and it's part of a series that he made at the start of the 1980s. You know, I don't think he can remember how many he made at this point, but it was all on that same sort of theme of, of working with these forms seeing what they did with each other, what they suggested. So, as you say, it is recycled materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scrap metal. Would you say it was kind of of a random process? I suppose he was very influenced. Sculptors of the time were slightly earlier, so David Smith and Julio Gonzalez, and then kind of Anthony Caro as well. Okay. Sculptors who were were working with kind of welding steel. Yeah. She was going to scrapyards. Okay. There was one on Dublin Hill, I think it might still be there. Yeah, yeah. He would seek out pieces of metal that looked kind of ex-industrial, as if they had a purpose, you know, like pipes and and girders and things like that. Um, He would go for their weightiness, that sense of a thickness. And then you get into the studio and, and start work on what could this be? Well, myself and Anne-Marie were talking about it over breakfast this morning. We were looking at the CrawfordArtGallery.ie website and the work of the week. And you have two photographs of it because it's taken from several angles. And in one of them, of course, you can see why it got the name Porthole because it looks very like a porthole. 
But Elmarie was asking me, she was saying, like, if you were to look at this, a couple of questions would pop into your head, like, what's it for? Where did it come from? You know, because it has that industrial feel about it. But, like, what's it to be used to do? What job would it have? You know, it's a very abstract question. It's an abstract question for potentially a very abstract artwork. Yeah. <laughs> so I suppose the original uses or functions of the metal are now redundant because they've been assembled and, and welded together in a, in a way that isn't functional. Yeah. And and so therefore it becomes something aesthetic. We look at it and it might suggest things to us. It just becomes rather than something functional, something artistic. Um, which may still have a function in our lives, but yeah. it doesn't. A ship can't be sailed by it. No. But what's really interesting is if we describe the forms, there are like two semi-circles of metal that are welded together at angles, yeah. and for all the world, it it looks to me like if you cut a melon, yeah, and a curd, a big, nice, chunky curd <laughs> of of the melon, you know, a nice big chunky slice. And that seems to be kind of pivoted, almost upended, and it's supported by maybe a, a, an exhaust pipe. Kind of forming an X in the middle, giving a kind of a bar-like look. And then there's there's exactly. a there's a, a support at the back, just a square piece of metal, I'd say, just giving it that kind of depth depth of field, I suppose, just to give it some sort of body or weight. Draws you around it. You yeah. want to keep going around it and investigate different viewpoints. I suppose this was something quite early in the artist's career. He had just finished art school in, in the Crawford and his process and his perspective on things was developing rapidly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was really kind of in the experimental mode at the time. And I had no idea that every Sunday on our way in to do the show here in 96FM that we actually pass one of his works out in the Lee Fields. You do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who knows the Lee Fields, I suppose since 1985, yep. there is a big red metal sculpture. Yep. People call it Red Dragon. <laughs> um, yeah. But its proper name is Saurian. Jim Buckley was commissioned to make it as part of the Cork 800 celebrations in 1985. So there it lurks in the Lee Field. Yeah, I always saw it as, as an animal. It's a big monster of a thing altogether. I had to look up the word Saurian just to find out what does it mean. And it actually means lizard-like. And it's probably where the word dinosaur comes from as well. Like, you know, so... I always saw it as something prehistoric or something that had leapt around the fields. And it does look very lizard-like as well, as if it's just this creature, prehistoric creature, that has not moved, but still looks like it's moving for quite a few decades now. Yes, and I think you're right. That sort of lizard-like sense to it suggests something that is more horizontal, you know, on yeah. four legs. Yeah, yeah. And and I suppose the artist had been moving in the direction of something that was more like a landscape form, something that would be horizontal and long. I spoke to him before Christmas and he, I think, quite enjoys the fact that it's become part of people's lives, probably children climate and all yeah, sorts of yeah. things. <laughs> he said, you know, even the rugby, the local rugby team used to repaint us at times, which I suppose that wasn't the best thing to do to us. In their um, colours. He, he, <laughs> exactly. But he, did, he, he liked the way that people, uh, I suppose, took ownership of it in the community. Yeah. Thankfully, now, it's still, it's, it's a red colour as the artist intended. 
It stands out in the Lee fields and you can give it whatever team ownership you want to. But I, I know it belongs to the people and belongs to the Lee fields and it's very much part of the landscape. And as you say, he literally went from one scape to another. We could go on in ages talking about this because it's such an abstract piece. But I was just thinking of it in terms of the fact that putting that as part of an exhibition of paintings and drawings and various works of art that are based on a maritime theme, Statio Bene, that it would give it a bit of context that maybe it never had before, apart from its name, Porthole 2. I suppose in selecting it for the exhibition, part of the motivation was to display it. It hadn't been seen for a number of years, and I thought, well, this is a nice opportunity to do that and for people to, to see it, but also maybe to connect the dots with with the Lee Fields as well and to see different parts of the artist's early practice. But then also I think it's so much more abstract than the, all the other works in the exhibition, which seem very specific. You know, they're a view of part of the harbour or, you know, they're a portrait or an image of a, a sailing vessel. Yeah. And I felt that this kind of allowed you space just to think about the materials of you know, our ocean-going vessels, or, you know, what is the thing that stands between you and and the abyss? Okay. <laughs> so, there, you know, the porthole itself is your window on the world, but also it, it keeps you safe. Because it has an industrial grounding. It's solid. It's still there. In the same way, like Saurian is still there. It has survived quite a lot of storms, but still stands. And this is a solid piece that's designed to... It all, It looks aged and ageless at the same time. So there you have it. That's Portal 2 by Jim Buckley. It's almost like a little symbol, a maritime symbol for Cork Harbour, Cork City, where we come from as well. And it just stands there just as a motif and rightly so, living in the Crawford Art Gallery, where it now belongs. So, again, Mike, thanks a million for your Tuppence Hapney work this week. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a million, Connor. I love it. It's such an interesting looking piece. And when you showed it to me first yesterday, Connor, um, straight away I would have thought it was like a historical artifact because I would have grown up my whole life down in Garrettstown with all of the ruins of Garrettstown House around me and I suppose passed down from my dad into all our family was a massive interest in old artifacts and things from the, <laughs> you know, 18th and 19th centuries, particularly all the way up from 1702 when Garrettstown House would have been built. And I have to say, when you showed me something like this, I went, oh, that's like something you'd discover now uh, excavating in the kitchens or something like this, <laughs> a real or around the stable yard. And uh, never in a million years would I have said it was from the 1980s. Yeah, it was actually modern art. It wasn't an old artifact at all. Yeah, in a, um, in a museum it would be the kind of piece up on a pedestal that would yeah. have you puzzling about what the hell did they use that for? <laughs> you know, really, really love it. Uh, so, that's great. And uh, you know, I'm saying hello as well to Padraig O'Hara who's texted in from Black Rock not Black Rock in Cork, Black Rock in County Louth. Great to hear from you, Padraig. You enjoyed the music, of course, there from the Magnificent Seven. Well, you can enjoy researching all of the works of the week on the Crawford Art Gallery website, of course, because all of them in the series that Connor and Michael have covered so far between the two of them are all still there. And all our works of the week podcasts are still all available on our podcast page. So normally what happens is myself and Connor go home after the show. We might have a bit of brunch and then we somehow lay into the podcast editing 
everything and get bits and pieces up online. So it's all there and uh, it's definitely something worth checking out. Ancient pieces from years past, but actually only very, very recent. In fact, uh, that's going to link into a little piece that's been um, sent in to me by Ina Triarty, who suggested this one. This is from the movie Mary Poppins and it's called The Place Where the Lost Things Go. And the morning light Searching for the things You used to know Looking for the place Where the lost things go Do you ever dream Or reminisce Wondering where to find What you truly miss Well maybe all those things That you are waiting in the place where the lost things go Memories you've shared Gone for good you feared They're all around you still Though they've disappeared Nothing's really left Or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever Only out So maybe now the dish and my best spoon Are playing hide and seek just behind the moon Waiting there until it's time to show Spring is like that now, far beneath the snow Hiding in the place where the lost things go deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.